Welcome to the European Ham Radio Show. And uh, this week with uh, four hosts, uh, Bob is out sick and um, we'll let him be sick and uh, instead watch the show and bring our viewer numbers up. And actually, <laughs> sp speaking about Bob, though, um, I rewatched the um, the show where we had the Ham Radio uh, Workbench guys on and uh, Bob actually made a commitment to learn CW and... You did as well, uh, Walt. Yeah, you were gonna. You are gonna have your first CWQSO by the end of January. Was that it? Yeah, that's the goal. I'm trying. That is uh, that is a hairy goal, and I've set my goal as well for CW uh, in the video I released the other day. Um, by the end of August, I am gonna do at least one uh, activation, either soda or poda, with CW. I figured all I, I had to learn is um, K4OGO73 because I'll just look for a contest and just do that. 5-9. 5-9. K4OGO. Let's contest. Let's have it. I think 5-9 yeah, is easy. It's, you five, know, five, five dits and just the N. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I, I got this uh, CW uh, app um, on my phone now, um, which I use uh, when going back and forth to work uh, by train. Uh, so so I, I'm using uh, Morse Toad. I don't know if you've seen that, Morse Toad. Yeah, I've, I've heard about it. I've been looking around. Let's see what my app is called. It's I don't think it's Morse Toad, but it's, um, let's see here. It's Morse Mania. I've seen that one. Yeah, I have seen that one. Which is uh, very limited if you don't pay for it. So uh, I need to uh, to find something else. Um, Jeff says here that you have to worry about the call sign of the caller, and uh, yeah, that is a legitimate. Uh, yeah, I do issue. that. I was kidding. I do, I do have um I, I do have a secret weapon though. I have uh, I could do it now probably if I want to. I have the prepcom. Um, so the, I, the QMX also has a CW decoder built in, so maybe. <laughs> <There's my piece. laughs> yeah. uh, so, but, but, can, but you built can in decoder. Like, yeah, you can always like uh, record it and try to decode it afterwards. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but seriously though, um, I mean, uh, I've never seen a really good CW decoder. Nope. Which is uh, strange. We put people on the moon. Uh, more than 50 years ago, but uh, we haven't been able to uh, produce a good CW decoder. That's because we've been trying to do it in metric, and if you guys would do what we did to get on the moon and use the imperial system, you can make that. <laughs> <laughs> the one I used last year was really good. Uh, the issue was when there were more than one stations calling, because like it, it didn't have any way of uh, uh, discerning between them. So it couldn't see if there's uh, who was making what what beep, even if I could hear the difference. So, you know, yeah, this, yeah. This, this, on the Android this, phone, Morse Expert is quite okay. So maybe you want to try that. This is a good segue into the topic too, because I've been looking at add-ons for my SDR to to de decode CW. I was going to use it as a learning tool. You know what I mean? As, as I'm as I'm on my computer playing with my SDR, I could scan around and. Um, and there's some good. We were talking uh, back in the green room before the show started. There, we were talking. There's like some some great great programs out there as well. Like I know of uh, like CW Skimmer and stuff like that, where you can you know decode. I was thinking about trying that as a learning tool. Sometimes you yep. you get tired of playing with the phone. You just want to like watch it and listen. You know. Mm. But, Cool. And uh, Ham Radio Passion says that the true SDX radio is quite good at decoding sometimes. And sometimes, I guess sometimes is the magic word here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, first of all, our topic this week, SDR radios uh, and how we could use them in our hobby. That's the topic of this week. But we have a couple of segments before we get there. Um, let's start off with our Ham Radio Weeks. Shetil, uh, how has your week been? Yeah, uh, my ham radio year so far. Happy New Year, by the way, to everybody. Um, uh, that's been quite active compared to December. Uh, I'm finally not sick anymore, uh, so uh, that's quite nice. So I started up uh, off with a SOTA activation. I tried on December or, or January first, but it was just too windy. 
and by late December, uh, January 3rd, it had died down to like uh, 17 meters per second. So it was doable. Uh, got one SOTA activation done quite quickly with uh, 100 watt out, which was really nice to have on a really windy and cold day. Uh, and then I went up to Karmay to Lima Alpha Fort Charlie to the radio club, had some fun there. Uh, tried doing some FT8 outdoors uh, in uh, minus 10 something degrees Celsius, which is not recommendable. Uh, like your fingers don't work on a keyboard outdoors when it's that cold. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw you. I saw you also operated FT8, but in a car, Morton. So that's. Uh... I I did that video has not dropped yet though. It's uh it's dropping next week I think. I've uh, uh I'm gonna talk a little bit about when I get to my week, but I've been really productive making videos uh, the last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah. I have videos lined up for um, a long time going ahead. But um, you have done some really nice activations, and you've e even done them outdoors in the terrible weather we've had in Norway. Yeah, it's um, uh, like that. My problem here is that uh, there's only one park I can drive into. The rest I actually have to walk to. Uh, so uh, so I can't do any car activations, or I can, but that's boring, the same place all the time. Uh, so yeah, uh, that was just a short one to get some bands for the Ed 1CC uh, award. And then yesterday I went to a very simple pota, but I complicated by going up a detour up a hill to a World War II hideout. So I hiked through a boulder field like 100 meters up a mountain wall and found a really nice cave there. And I forgot to include that footage in the video I dropped. Uh, so And then uh, went back down again. But uh, like all the hiking is there, I just forgot to show the cave. Yeah, that looks looked like an interesting place. It was. It was. Uh, it's a big cave. Like eighty people live there, so it's uh, maybe a hundred, two hundred square meters. It's a huge cave, like a house sized cave. Um, really fun to see, and it's something you see when you travel around in Western Norway. You see a lot of these hideouts from World War Two. Uh, lots yeah. of places where people operated radio or they hid equipment or they did resistance work or something like that. Uh, and many of them have plaques and like informational text and everything. So that, that is quite interesting to, to see when you're traveling around. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, you can see that and you can see a lot of German architecture from the uh, late 1930s as well. Yeah, the interesting part is that none of these plaques are in German. Uh, like they have English, Spanish, uh, Italian, uh, Norwegian, but not, never German for some reason. Are you uh, sure, are you sure about that? Because I mean, there are a lot of German tourists in Norway. Yeah, uh, at least the places I've seen, I haven't seen it, but that's probably going to change now. That's, it's been so long that it's uh, uh, it's a bit different world now. Luckily. Yep. Uh, speaking, uh, of, speaking about German, though, um, are you done with your week? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, perhaps, sorry about that, Tobias. Yeah. So perhaps we should pass <laughs> the torch over to the German in the show. Okay. I try to make it quick and not take too much time. Um, you've so done yeah, a lot. One thing, yeah. One thing I did was uh, went into LED mayhem, as everybody knows, and yeah, it got a bit out of control, but I had 10 of these PCBs. So in the end, I built three of these blinky stars and milked it a bit on YouTube. So sorry for that. <laughs> um, and then uh, I started building the uh, QMX. Uh, the kit arrived before Christmas. So I have a few pictures here. Um, so I just scrolled through them. So as you, as you do with the kit build bit by bit, you populate all the different parts and in the end you end up with something that might be a qmx radio i have not done the testing yet the um, service menu or the diagnostics menu a few of the results look a bit odd so i probably have to consult on the groups io page of qp labs if i did it right or if it's normal but that's the high band version of the qmx and uh, yeah it also has a built-in dw decoder so maybe that's something to try an activation with. <laughs> yeah, How long absolutely. did you spend on that? 
how much did I spend on it? Uh, I just ordered it from the... How, how long? Oh, oh uh, how long? Um, I built it over... Yeah, I, I, I did not rush it, right? So <laughs> I basically, I think three or four, uh, four days, uh, two or three hours a day. Um, hmm. But... Uh, you know i'm german yeah right so somebody you can probably build it much quicker but this is that's since this is uh was my first one i took <laughs> it really slow and double and triple checked every step so if i would build another one the next one would be faster probably <laughs> it, it looks pretty it is it's a yeah, nice it's a it, nice looking radio yeah it's nice but it's super super dense pcb lot of smd components on the back so you have to be really careful when you solder the through hole components to not short out everything or knock off something. Um, I would not say that's a beginner's kit, but it's a very nice kit and very nice documented. Yeah, um, if it's any harder than the QDX, which I tried to build, got some help, ended up having another ham to build it for me. Um, I'm not going to venture out on that adventure. I think it's 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 harder because it's it has these two PCB sandwiched plus the power control boards and everything has to fit together and not short out. Uh, you have to be really careful. Absolutely. And it looks like you have some, uh, you have to look around on the podium app there, Seattle. Uh, you are muted. I've been looking at... Yeah, but maybe let me quickly I... wrap up and then we can go yeah, back to Porta. Um, so sorry, uh, speaking sorry. about Porta, uh, I think on uh, 31st of December, I first started out uh, in the car. Um, I repaired my three magnet mag mount and it's working again, put it on the car and tried to make QSOs and failed dismally. And in the afternoon, uh, I then tried the POTA activation and I probably had my uh, my first ever pile up with the exactly same setup that I failed in the morning. Yeah, So just calling CQ POTA makes a hell lot of a difference. So thanks everybody for answering me. That was uh, that was quite fun to get. I don't know thirty or so QSOs in the lock in a very short time. You have to be really. <laughs> I think I have to train with Ham RS to you know press the the pause and the start button so that the time is always correct. So I'm not sure I got it 100% right in the lock, but the call sign should be correct. There, I think there is a 15 minute window on the Poda log. So so uh... yeah. I think they piled up, uh, piled in so fast that I'm probably fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but uh, Poda is, is excellent for, for making pileups happen. Yeah, so I'm I'm done now, Hjertil. So which uh, was the, the parks uh, that we are just looking at? Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, I I knew about one of them. I forgot I activated that from my car. I, or I parked my car in it and walked in and activated from in the middle of a very wet marsh, which was a stupid idea. Uh, so, good ground plane though. <laughs> oh yes, but uh, <laughs> then again, you you don't mount an, uh, like a forty-one meter uh, like a wire antenna in your car. No, that's but, why you have that's why you have mag mounts. Yes, but I, the one zero one twenty six, I wasn't aware you could drive into it, but uh, I have to go there. I haven't activated that yet. Nice. Uh, Walt, uh, you've been out doing um, uh, parking lots on the air uh, in rainy conditions. Whew, boy, what a day we had here yesterday. There's a uh, storm that came up the coast and it, I think it dumped snow up north of me, New York and New England up in there. But uh, I wanted, you know, went back to work last week and I wanted to get out Saturday and operate portable. And as I was watching the weather come, I was like, you know what? Uh, this is definitely going to be a static mobile thing. And I, so the local parking garage went to the top of that, used that triple mag mount. And uh, I had an 11, I have an 11 meter um, uh, hustler, the super hustler, the big one. And I figured I'd use it for 10. Then I did. I had a good time. Um, it was weird made a discovery um you know as there was so much rain coming down i'm sure i was getting a connection between the ground and the antenna because it was just soaking wet so i'd go out and dry it off and swr would be perfect and as i was talking I'd, all of a sudden i'd see the swr and start shooting so it was a it was a mess but i had a good time i actually had a cuso with um um carlos uh uh life at terminal velocity you know the, yeah. the uh, skydiver 
uh, he was, he had activated a park and I just stumbled across him as I was spinning around the dial hunting. Had a cue set with him. That was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I got out and had a good time. It, it, it was fun. Um, this past week, uh, getting through um, the uh, Christmas break, you know, while we weren't here those two weeks, I didn't do any videos. I, I just, I did a couple live streams. Something that you guys know me, I don't like live streaming that much, but I was, I'm trying to get a little bit more comfortable doing it. Did a couple live streams and uh, and had some fun with that. And also, um, you know, what we're going to talk about later, I got a uh, AirSpy Discover, HF Discovery, and I've really been playing with that, and uh, I really like this SDR. We'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later as we get into the show, but... Um, so I've been doing a lot of, um, as you guys know, medium wave DXer here. I did, I've done a lot of that in the last uh, week, week and a half. And um, and uh, this, to me, this is a great SDR for that, as, as well as some of my antenna setups that I have. But uh, I've had a good time with that. And, um, and that's it. That's been my week. Oh, a great week. Um, I guess that leaves me then. Um, first of all, um, I have been asked to... Um promote a couple of common ham fests in Norway. Um, first of all, next week, for those in the area, uh, there's a Hamtref Inlande, um, which is um, a little bit north of me. Uh, I haven't decided whether I'm going or not yet. Um, seems to be pretty good. There are options if you want to sleep there uh, or if you want to uh, have dinner, uh, breakfast. So should be a good good place um so check that out it's um let's see if i can put a banner up here for that uh since um since uh stream doesn't show the address uh on uh on the browser here let's see and you can find that at uh hamtref.no so that's the first one the next one is the norwegian ham meeting which is a little bit later um which you can find at hammeeting.no and uh that is uh, february 23rd and 24th so um those are going to be two great ham fests if you come to norway yeah. uh hopefully um besides that i have been doing uh parks on the air uh i got some extra time off work so uh i have been doing uh and i'm going to embiggen this page here and uh, I got this new keyboard where things aren't placed where they're supposed to be placed. But um, I have been doing, let's see, since, uh, let's do it since uh, we had our last stream. One, two, three, four. I've done a lot of activations here, as you can see. Uh, pretty much the same parks because I am using, uh, I'm trying to get a kilo at uh, Lima Alpha 2542. I have 949 QSOs now, I think. So hopefully one more activation and I'll have it. Nice. Uh, besides that, um, been playing around with some stuff I got in the mail. Uh, there will be some videos on a couple of these products later on. First of all, uh, I ordered this SDR off of Banggood. I cannot recommend this one. <laughs> and it's not because it's 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 a great receiver. It's got great filtering. Um, it's a clone of the uh, SDR Play uh, RSP1 um, uh, SDR. It's actually a really good clone. It's such a good clone that you have to use the uh, uh, SDR Play drivers and SDR Uno to uh, to use it. And uh, that is out of the question because that is against the terms of service for that. So this SDR, um, don't use your about 20 us dollars on it then i bought um 49 to 1 anand off of banggood um i posted a picture of that in the diy section of our discord because it looks like it's a it's a nine-year-old that has assembled and wound the toroid in it <laughs> but it, it is wound correctly though it's just not wound pretty so um I made some wire for it. I used Ham Radio Dude's uh, winder design here. Uh, put some wire on it. I had a plan to tune that today, but it's it was minus 17 degrees outside. So my POTA today uh, was uh, with a 17-foot whip on top of the car uh, with the heater running. Um, so it, it was not antenna tuning weather. 
And finally, I got a mobile link to TNC. The only thing is that it's the TNC2. And um, that that is not compatible with iOS or Windows. Uh, it is compatible with Android. Uh, the only Android devices in our house are my wife's phone and my son's phone. So um, I need to figure out a way to actually use use this TNC. I really want to play around with that and uh, see if I can get some APRS and uh, and WinLink going with it with an HT. Um, thus far, I haven't found a way to do that. So, um, but um, but that's pretty much been my weeks. I've been playing around with a lot of ideas and a lot of things, but uh, nothing that has really materialized into something tangible that I can talk about yet. Uh, Jeff says cheap Android tablet, and that might be uh, might be a way to go. Um, and I came across actually um, an Android distro for uh, for PCs, uh, which I can't really remember what it was called now. Uh, but that seems a little bit promising as well. So I'm going to try to install that on a computer and uh, and see if that works as an Android device. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, just want to show a couple of things. I, I got one more thing from Banggood, Banggood and that's a U-loop antenna. I'm not going to show that. It's a receive loop. Um, I've got one of those. You're going to like that. Have you made okay? Uh, I was gonna say I am probably doing something wrong because uh, I can't really receive anything good on it. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to. What are you using it with? Use it with SDR. I've used it with an SDR. Yes. Yeah. I'm not gonna I, say I, I, I can't really say which SDR I've used it with, but I've used it with an SDR. <laughs> I, I I took mine to Hawaii with me. Actually, I was out on a uh, patio at my hotel, and I just took it up on a pole kind of spun it around and um i of course like maybe that's why i like it and you have it so i use mine to do medium wave dxing with and it worked pretty yeah, well it, it's it seems better on the lower bands than on the higher bands actually yeah. um but i need to put the the antenna up higher and do some uh, some testing with it because um I am just as a segue to to the topic. Actually, uh, I am planning to uh, set up a web SDR here, so I need a, a receive antenna for that, oh, wow. and I need I need a working SDR for that as well, which is legal to use. Yeah, um, awesome. So, um, so that uh, that is kind of my plans for an SDR. Um, and before we get started with the subject, though, because we tend to go off on that, Shetel. You had a suggestion for a new, uh, for a little new new topic here on the show, a new segment. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, like we're the European Ham Radio Show, and most of us here are doing YouTube, or except from Bob, who is doing it every now and then only. Let, let's uh, do it in, in a non-metric way. We're <clears throat> four fifth, four fifths of the show are doing YouTube. Yeah, that's great. And four-fifths four of the show are European. That's kind of good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what we wanted to show off is uh, different European ham radio channels. Uh, mostly, like, some of them small, some big, but, like, mostly focus on the things that not everybody knows about and the uh, people that started. So, Eystein, um, uh, that's in the chat here, uh, Ham Radio Passion. Uh, Lima Bravo 8 India Juliet has a very nice new channel. And he'll also be our guest next week. And um, he's doing like a BP mode mostly, from what I've understood. Yeah. Uh, yep. But uh, very nice uh, channels uh, over in uh, the far east of uh, Norway, not too far from you, I believe, Martin. So it's uh, it's uh, nice and the eastern Norwegian nature to say that way. Yeah, uh, we actually did a uh, uh, joined uh, activation uh, during Christmas, and there's a video on both mine and his channel on it. I think mine's called uh, two par- see, Three Operators, Two Parks, One Small Car, and a Ribikov, yep. I think the title of my video is. Um, he's, he's really, I mean, he's a new ham. I think he's been licensed for less than a year. He started a YouTube channel and he's doing CW. That is uh, that is impressive. So he's got 24 subscribers now, guys. Um, go ahead, subscribe to his channel. Uh, let's get him some new subs here. 
Yeah. And uh, if somebody else would like to be featured or if you know Maybe somebody... Maybe post that... the link in the chat, uh, Morten. Uh, I can post the link in the chat and um... let's see. Yeah. So if somebody yep. else would like to get uh, featured or if you know somebody that should be featured, somebody that's just starting up or just a big channel, just drop us a link on Discord or send a mail to cq at hamshow.eu and we'll uh, show it in a matter of uh, time. We'll try to take one of these each week just to, to spread the, the love a bit and uh, make sure that uh, the community as a whole grows here. Absolutely. And it does not have to be an English speaking channel, just so that said. Yeah. Um, YouTube have some subtitle modes. Uh, sometimes it works. Other times it just spits out gibberish. But uh, yeah, um, but we're not I, only... I like, to, I like to go back into my analytics and, when I look and see how many languages my videos have been translated into. And it's pretty funny when you go back, especially when you look at some of the languages too. It's it's kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. It's kind of spread out, so it's, so it's interesting there. And um, yeah, uh, hopefully that's going to be interesting. Next week we'll do some other channel. Yeah. Uh, and now on to SDRs. And uh, Walt, as a medium wave DXer though, uh, how do you use SDRs? And what um, SDRs do you use? <laughs> Yeah, good question. Um, you know, what I normally do, my setups, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick one. I started out with the uh, the old school version three of the uh, RTLSDR.com. So I got this one first. Yeah, the problem is I bought this one and it was a clone and it didn't perform. It worked, but not well. So then I, I, I went ahead and bought the real deal. And um, I use SDR Sharp and, there, and I went through all of the... Uh, headache of getting it to work in the HF world. <laughs> and, um, and then, like I said I, earlier, I, I, now that I have the, uh, the air spy, the uh, HF discovery, which this thing, I am blown away at how good this one is compared to the, uh, the, the, you know, the version three of the, uh, of the RTL SDRs. But um, I think the RTL SDRs are more meant for VHF for, you know, a higher, higher frequency than, than down in the medium wave things. But what I do I'll give you, a, let me pull some of my stuff out here. So what I do is I, I have a cable and uh, what I do is this goes to the SDR, you know, hook it up. And then on the other end is a 3.5 millimeter jack. And um, and then what I do there is I just use the uh, a, a medium wave loop antenna. You know, this one has a, a jack. So I do it that way. That's one way I do it. And it, it, it works pretty well. Um, I've discovered uh, over using it that um, I had this um, ferrite bar antenna that I have here that was built as a Greek ham um, uh, SV2CZF. Uh, Pretty cool little ferrite bar. It's a tunable ferrite bar. So what I do now is I hook that up and then tune with that and then with passive uh, coupling, bring it over here and tune. I'm going this a and two both of them it gives me a little more a, a few more uh, uh a little bit more of a boost or whatever and then i i chase around uh, medium wave signals here for us here in uh in north america and being on the east coast i can occasionally i you know I, i've gotten a, a european station here or there but our, our big dx is down into the caribbean and then the northern part of south america on medium wave which is hard to do it really is um conditions have to be right and I, i'm an early bird i get up early in the morning which is for us absolute best time for for south america and the caribbean you know if i get up at like three or four a.m which is you know, I, go, I go to work very early in the morning anyway i do that but um i love it uh, like i said i use sdr sharp I, i've played around with some other uh sdr software so i personally just found an sdr sharp uh, i like it it works well with me it's set up setup's easy and I do that with my laptop. I've actually taken it. I have a small little lap, a little like notebook type laptop that I travel with, and I took it over. Um, a couple of other things I have. I have uh, a couple small ones. I got this one with me. This is the uh, Deepalek, the, the 101. This is a little all-in-one SDR radio. It's got a BNC connector on it. I took this to Poland with me, and I same way with that. I have a BNC connector that I'll hook into my medium wave and I'll hook this one up to my um my um 
uh, regular ham antenna as well. And it's just kind of like, a, you know, I, I don't know what processor is in it or whatever, but it's kind of like having a little all-in-one uh, SDR receiver that um, that I play around with that quite a bit too for for my medium wave DXing. But um, yeah, that's that's my thing. I, I love, that's what I basically use my SDR receiver for is is for uh for dxing i do have um that what i travel with sometimes is a, a little um if you guys have seen it the little shortwave mm -hmm. antennas that i'll clip on the 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 window or whatever of the hotel room or whatever when i'm traveling and pull out and uh i will listen in on some shortwave bands or whatever with it but um you know I, that's that's what i do i tell you what you morton you were mentioning um Web SDRs. I, I'm a big fan of web SDR too. A lot of time at work, I'll click on a web SDR and, and just listen while I'm working, you know, flipping over. <laughs> you guys, you know, in, 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 over in, in Europe while I'm here in the States. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, sometimes, like, let's say someone, one of you guys are on or somebody's live streaming. A lot of times, like on Friday mornings at work for me, um, Callum, DX Commander, streaming live. There's no way I'm going to get him here. I'll go over just to see if I can hear him on uh, the the university there in the Netherlands. The uh, was it Twent or whatever their their, yep. their SDR. Listening on that too. So, um, but that's how I use SDR and as a just a a listener and a DXer, and uh, that's pretty much it. And and that's a great way to use an SDR though. And the thing is though, there are some so many ways to use an SDR. Uh, as a ham or just as a SWL, as a medium wave DX. Or, um, I got my RTL SDR um, many years ago uh, before I became a ham, since I've always been interested in what's around there. Um, didn't know anything about antennas. I got one of those uh, telescopic whips that came with it and could never get it to work, uh, put it in a drawer. And I've been playing a little bit around with it. It's not the best receiver, though, um, by far. But it's um, it's an excellent proof of concept, and and it works. And um, as I said, I, I want to do an uh, a web SDR, and I've been looking at Open Web RX, I think it is, um, running that off a Raspberry Pi. Um, but I'm not there yet. It's not a straightforward process to set up Open Web RX. So um, if anyone's got a, a couple of already done configuration files. Um, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> um, but the thing about me is antennas, though, because I tend to use my antennas for, for both receive and transmit. So uh, I need to put up a dedicated receive antenna, and that's what I thought the U-loop would do. But I need to dive further into that, and I need to see how it performs outside as opposed to using it in the window as I have been uh, up until now because the weather hasn't been any good. How would that be next to a transmitting antenna? Would you have to have some sort of band filters or kill whenever you didn't, uh, whenever you're transmitting? That is that is a good question, though. I guess that would depend upon how robust the uh, the receive circuitry in the SDRs are. Yeah, because I've heard about them blowing up before if you're putting them too close to even not too strong things listening. So. Um... So, so that's something that's worth thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's not going to be less antennas in my yard in the coming years, I think. So uh, <laughs> uh, they they tend to to uh, to reproduce themselves, as it seems. Yeah, it's like a weird tree type, like that just spreads by itself. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I remember starting not wanting to have any visible antennas outside. Um, I do. Shetel, <laughs> um, what are your experiences in the SDR space? Uh, mostly in the listening part. Uh, as you, I got my RTL SDR uh, before I got licensed, but that's a decade ago. So uh, actually, I couldn't find it now, but I looked for it. Uh, but uh, I have used it just for, for uh, I used it a bit for um, listening to like air stations, FM, stuff like that. And to uh, actually for its original purpose as well, getting DVB TV, like uh, digital video. That's what it was made yeah. for. Uh, uh, but then a guy at work uh, showed me how to use it for ADSB to receive uh, 
airplanes, which was really nice. So I had this antenna, which is kind of green, uh, but it's a um, 1090 megahertz uh, antenna for airband for ADSB. Uh, that was really interesting just to see how far you could pick up an airplane. Um, and you also get like free professional access to some sort to flight radar 24 without yep. ads and stuff like that. Uh, but I also brought that up to a SOTA summit and set it up there, uh, portable. That was really cool. Then you could pick up, like I picked up planes over England, uh, from uh, Western Norway. Um, so, so that was quite fun. AD, ADSB is a lot of fun. I start ADSB was one of my COVID projects uh, just a couple of days after lockdown. Yep. And uh, that is not the ideal time to set up an ADSB receiver when there's no planes overhead. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, there's a plane here. Uh, but uh, uh, it was quite interesting because we have a lot of uh, low flying helicopter traffic where I live, and that doesn't get picked up by the official uh, ADSB things. Uh, so that's uh, an issue when you go into the valleys in Norway. You can't get tracking to, for example, rescue or search and rescue helicopters and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's an MCOM thing. Uh, if you would like, like if you're setting up a search and rescue station, you may want to have a portable uh, ADSB receiver and an mm -hmm. RTS LSDR with a small antenna could solve that issue for you. Um, so so that's one part. Of course, I also have transmitting SDR, uh, G90, uh, X6100. Both of those are TX SDRs, even yep. though if there's no, there are no fancy flex radios, which I really want. So if somebody wants to trade a flex radio for a uh, X6100 or G90, <laughs> then feel free to send me a message. Not, uh, nice try. <laughs> but but for, yeah. for your, your operating style, Shetel, wouldn't uh, such as an ELAD be a much better radio or a Hermes Light? Probably a lot better. Uh, they are also really nice uh, multi-user, multi-slice SDRs, though. Yeah, I would also have a place uh, have to get a place to mount it and stuff like that. But I, I would really love to have that and play around with them. Um, but uh, uh, I have yeah. played around with Flexus a couple of times and they are really nice radios. Yeah, uh, but I had some fun uh, last year at a work event. Uh, we had a security room at the, like a work event there. And we, I set up a Bluetooth scanner, which just scanned all of the phones that came into the room and displayed them on a monitor and tracked them who, how many were there, how long they were there and stuff like that. And like just some off the shelf software, but still it, it, it's really fun. And it, um, it's, um, it, uh, there's just a limited amount of things you can do with SDRs. So that's, that's the fun yeah. of it. It's a, it's a toy, but it, it's a really useful toy if you use it uh, use it the right way. Yeah. Tobias, you were talking. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Walt. We were talking about you know FM. That's something I I didn't mention that I've thought something I want to do. I've seen some other guys do it here in the states. You know, we have so much FM broadcast uh, radio mm -hmm. that um, there's guys that will will. Run, record the entire spectrum, the FM broadcast spectrum during the day in the summer because that's when we have sporadic E really big with our broadcast. Yep. And get home at night and just go through the band real quick and watch the uh, watch the waterfall until they see something bleep in on the frequency. Go over and listen to it and log or listen to a sporadic. That's how you kind of a, a cheating yep. way to catch sporadic E on the FM. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But what kind of antenna do you need for that, though? Do you need a? Would it be helpful to have a beam for the FM broadcast band? Well, you know what the old. Um, I, I guess you guys had them there as well, but the old VHF um, television antennas. You know the the Yagi type television yep. antennas. Seemed, a lot of people use them for FM radio here in the states. And there's, I, I was looking at one. It was kind of a circular, omnidirectional FM broadcast antenna that I was looking to doing that. I was thinking about putting it out the back window here uh, when the summer comes and, and doing that and find a way, like I said, I could record the spectrum through a day and then come in and listen to it. Because I know, I tell you what, even just by chance in the summer, I'll flip around the uh, FM dial on the car radio and you always hit sporadic E in dead middle of the summer when it's very hot here. So that would be, that's hmm. a, 
uh, something I've, I've wanted to do with an SDR that I haven't. And when uh, when Chettle, when Chettle was talking about the, F, the airplanes and VHF or whatever, I was like, you know, that's it. it, it I remembered that. So, uh, yeah, you could probably do it here with uh, trope producting. Uh, a lot of people were doing trope producting with what they called England antennas, where they got uh, UK TV stations in, in summer. Uh, and uh, you probably do the same here, uh, listen to that better. Because most yep. radio here is over to DAB. Of course, you can receive that with uh, uh, with those as well, but you need some other decoder software. But um, yeah, it's fun to look see what's there. I, I'm um, I miss analog television here in the States for that very reason. Like in the summertime yeah. night, sometimes we can flip around the television dial and here I'm almost uh, 200, uh, 250 miles. So what, you know, three or four kilometer, kilometers, three or 400 yeah. kilometers away from Philadelphia, we would get like Philadelphia television or whatever in the digital age. That'll never happen again. That was fun part of analog back in the day too. For, for Absolutely. And it's fun to, you talk about the England antennas. Um, we used to have, or, or in my part of Norway, we have the Sweden antennas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but that, that was, that is a lot closer though. So a lot more reliable. <laughs> yeah. We only used to have one TV channel when I was a kid and then we got the three channels or something like that. So, um, yep. that, that's, uh, back in the ancient times. It is. Um, speaking about, I kind of lost my train. Yeah. Um, I, I was I thinking bias off, so I'm sorry. Yeah, to, 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 that guy. I, 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 I just want to hit on something you said, though, about the uh, the FM antennas. I figured out that the FM band is roughly 3.33 meters band, uh, yep. which should make for a pretty compact Yagi. It shouldn't be a problem to make it. Like, it's, uh, it's not a huge thing. So I think I have a project coming along for summer in Tropo. Yeah, and uh, DAB is uh, 222 megahertz or something. It's one, so that... one, 170 to 230 megahertz as the European allocation for DAB. Yeah, so that should also be doable. Uh, that should be fun. absolutely doable, uh, getting uh, the few other countries in the world that uses DAB broadcasting. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think you have DAB in Germany, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, so you can yeah. pick them up. So yeah, I could probably yeah uh, make a Yagi for that. That should be even more compact. So um, that is something to try out. Tobias, uh, you had your SDR receiver up and running in the background earlier. What do you use your SDR for? Yeah, mostly to enhance my FTDX3000, which has a built-in waterfall, but it's one of the early ones and pretty uh, sluggish. So uh, just using one of these uh, uh, RTL SDR version three or two, I don't even know. Um, the radio has an uh, uh, an output uh, at the back, so and that goes into the RTL SDR, and that way I have a nice uh, waterfall, so I can just okay, you know, and zoom in. And it's also connected uh, with the um, Omni rig, so when I click here and go to a new frequency, it should in theory. Yeah, automatically jump there and you can immediately, basically you, you click and it, 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 it tunes. So it's uh, nicely integrated and can basically make the old FTDX 3000 a bit more convenient. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Another, and another... Uh, another SDR that I have is here, the add-on Pluto. Hang on a second. Let me go back to the other yeah. picture and that was intended for QO100 reception but I never got around to do it so in theory it should be easy you need a bias T and an old satellite dish and then you should be able to uh, receive QO100 pretty easily um, uh, yeah, and, uh, except, except that nothing with Q100 is easy as far as I've understood <laughs> <laughs> yeah well <laughs> I think reception should be Fairly yeah. easy, um, right? Uh, and the, the the Pluto is is a is a transmit SDR as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think that one milliwatt or something. You need a bit of an amplifier after it, otherwise. Yeah. Um, I think people do it in two stages. They get a small one watt amplifier and then another one, uh, maybe repurposed wireless LAN amplifier. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I have not looked into that yet. 
and of course, the, the true SDX uh, kit is also a SDR, and also the QMX is a SDR. In, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all, all done digitally. Yeah. They all get that, that, the IQ that, signals into the processor and do the rest with software. And that, that is because a lot of hams have SDR radios in their sack already. Um, such and they as, don't know it. <laughs> such as this one. Uh, and the G90, the uh, 6100, uh, um, all, all the radios that Walt likes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah but i mean it, it's just the way to do it these days right you get the yep. iq signal get it nicely digitized into your computer and then you can receive any modulation scheme that you want and if a new one comes along also no problem software update so right. far the theory <laughs> yeah but you have to understand the math it's not so easy anymore like in in the olden days, you know, with uh, SSB and, you know, build it discreetly with a ring diode demodulator or something or a mixer. No, it's... It's, I'm, uh... it's uh, yeah, I mean, understanding the math for, for that is a bit tricky. I have not mastered it. <laughs> uh, no, um, I am not a particularly bright guy, so... Um... I am um, an appliance operator when it comes to this. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like uh, the art of uh, like looking at people that build proper good old fashioned radios and seeing what you can do with discrete components. Yeah. But uh, and, and in theory, like there's not a big difference by doing it in software. It's the same process. It's just digital versus yeah, analog. There, there was a quite big YouTube channel. I haven't seen a video in him uh, in a while ago. I forgot. His name was, I think, Charlie Morrison or something. Can that be? Or am I completely wrong there? I think uh, a guy in the UK, he, he, he really built, you know, uh, uh, the transmitters and receivers step by step um, with little uh, boards and walked people through them. That was a really great YouTube channel. I have not seen a video in a while. I don't know. Maybe the YouTube algorithm. Yeah scrapped him somehow i don't know <laughs> the youtube algorithm is a scary thing um to put it mildly because um it takes everything you watch and pushes that content on for a while in yeah. order to see if you like it i for instance have now at least six different videos from the microsoft excel world championship up on my youtube feed yeah <laughs> I get yeah. lots of videos how to lower your blood pressure these days. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, and I watched one video about Japan and then I watched another one. And now I have uh, a lot of content about Japan on my YouTube feed. So, um, and for us as YouTubers, it's it's tough to compete with that algorithm. Yeah. Yep. So, but, um, you know, I found that with my phone, sometimes I'll talk about a subject and then go to YouTube and there's a video. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. They, they're not listening at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But if, if that understood as well as my Google device next to me, um, I'm not sure if it really picks up on what you're saying though. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, my wife and I are looking at RVs and I, the other night I, I said, you know, I really like that. It's called the Coleman ladder and 17 B, right? <laughs> Next thing I know, I, 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 I go on social media and there's an advertisement for the Coleman ladder and 17 B camper. I'm like, Holy cow. It's listening. It's absolutely listening. My, my Apple devices. How about that? And yeah. and if you if you want something vintage and European, I got a twenty year old uh, RV for sale. Walt, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, and and, and so so does Bob, but he's not here to try to push his. Yeah, we're, we're looking hard, but we want one before the summer comes. We've been pet campers for years, and we're both getting old now. And uh, I want I want a, the comforts of an RV or trailer, camper trailer. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, be prepared to get a completely new hobby and um, and actually be prepared that it is a lot more expensive than you really think it is. Yeah, I know that for <laughs> sure. And things things break on, on campers. They're not really the best quality. Right. And uh, spare parts are 
incredibly expensive. I'm just looking forward to but, going camping and being able to keep all my radios inside nice, high and dry and playing, you know. Yeah. Um, if um, if it wasn't for my kids, I don't really want to go camping anymore. And a camper that's too small to really fit uh, almost 16-year-old and an almost 12-year-old, uh, we'd probably be keeping it. But um, right. it is... Um, it is hard to have four people in something which is uh, seven by two and a half meters. Yeah. yeah. It is um, one interesting part when we're talking about software defined things is software defined cars. Like, uh, uh, like, uh, some, so many companies rushed uh, cars into production, software defined cars like uh, Tesla's and uh, uh, the Volkswagen series. Uh, and uh, that's a good thing about software upgrades. You see that, like, uh, I remember my father telling me when he had to change the windscreen wiper speed of his car, then he had to go four menus deep while driving to change the speed of the windscreen wipers. And mm. that's, yeah, that's, uh, but now they're fixing it so that you actually, at least for the new cars, you actually get a button for the windscreen wipers again, uh, like good old fashioned. So. Uh, so in that sense, people went fully digital, but they're going back to buttons. I think that was a discussion we had last week as well. Like, do you prefer actually having physical buttons on a radio, even if it's SDR or not? Would you like to have a band toggle on your IC7300, or do you want to have it in software and have to go into menus? I, I like love that. buttons. I am not really sure though. I I like the way the that ICAM has done it with the seventy three hundred because you press the frequency and you get the the on screen soft keys for the bands. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. That that is yeah. A good you way have to find it. a find a compromise, right? I I, uh, I think uh, I like a big spinny knob and a few buttons next to it, but uh, they can be all multi purpose basically, and you can assign them yourself however you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing with the 7300, though, is that I've never read the manual for it. There hasn't been a need to read the manual. Uh, I turn it on and it, I instantly understood how to work it. What's that word you're saying? A manual? Yeah. Never heard, <laughs> never heard it. Uh, you, you, you don't own a Yaser radio then, do you? Well, I do. Um, right. But, yeah. Uh, but if you see it like the big flex radios, they actually sell VFO knobs for it, physical VFO knobs that you can use with software. Uh, yep. And that's kind of kind of nice. Like you can you can choose, but still uh, having that tactile feeling and replicating that in software is really hard. Mm -hmm. it, it is. Um, I know from my line of work as a sound technician, um, there are really good mixers that do not have a physical interface that you use an iPad or similar for. Yep, those are never used. In, in a real setting because you need that physical tactile experience even though if the inside is exactly the same as the big mixer you see yeah you need to know where that button is that specific button over there yeah or that slider um yeah and, and that is a big difference in the audio world though from the analog mixers which were actually laid out the same way no matter which brand you got to the digital mixers which have each their own way of, of doing things. Yeah. So you can't really sit down with a mixer you haven't used before and use it for a complex show. Uh, as with an analog mixer, you could do that because they were all working the same way. Yeah. But one disadvantage is uh, like uh, when people are doing it in software, you can get people that have no idea what you're doing uh, coding it. Like you saw with, for example, X6100, the first version of the software there, where like they, the people that had done it had, uh, apparently never used the radio, at least not outdoors. So like the, color, <laughs> the color scheme was completely useless. You couldn't see what power you were on uh, in the interface because of the color selection, stuff like that. Um, probably the same in every other business as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, but I think that the future is digital devices and software defined yeah, devices. Yeah. Um, both from an economical standpoint and for a flex flexibility standpoint on it, um, and there there is there is actually quite a way from from the small SDR dongles as we started talking about to uh, let's say a flex radio, um, even though a flex radio also runs Windows. Yeah, 
Oh, it's, uh, of course, uh, making it digital is the future, but we still have to remember the interface that you're interfacing to some old fashioned human hardware somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Jeff's got a comment here that uh, the fly-by-wire aircraft has uh, uh, stick shakers on them to provide feedback to the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> so um, almost an hour and pretty much on topic for the entire show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with us? Yeah. If, um, yeah. Lost our gusto over the holidays. <laughs> yeah, I, new and improved in the new year, right? Yeah, and a new season of the European Ham Radio Show, and uh, it's going to be a fun season. Mm. Um, as we said in the beginning, we're going to have... Um, let's see if I can push the right button here uh, once more. We're going to have this guy, Einstein uh, LB7 India Juliet, on... Uh, Next week, uh, talking about his ham radio journey and uh, most of all, how he decided to pick up CW so shortly after getting licensed. Um, so that's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun. Give him a sub. It's um, I'll put the link in the uh, chat once again. Um, I see he's up to a lot more subs than uh, he had when uh, we first mentioned him. So uh, apparently, we have some effect. Yeah. Um, and in two weeks, we're going to have, um, oh, uh, NS9, uh, no, N9SAB, Tim. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be here talking about his antennas. And uh, let's get them up on screen uh, here as well. Um, so those are the next couple of weeks on the show. And if you know of anyone that you would think would be great as a guest, let us know in our Discord hamshow.eu stroke uh, or slash uh, discord. I am a ham radio operator. <laughs> uh, so these are the antennas from uh, from Tim. And uh, you got a couple of his antennas, Walt. And are they as great as they're... They're as awesome. They're, be? Yep. they're amazing. And if you see right there on the, uh, the lower corner, lower right-hand corner there, the uh, that little choke, the one-to-one -one choke. I've yep. got two now. They're amazing. Um, and everyone always asks me, Hey, Hey, where do you get that choke? Where do you get that choke? And, uh, I see my friend Tim makes them and, uh, I've got, uh, let's see, I've got, uh, when I was in Poland, I, I took over a dipole of his, um, a G5 RV of his I've used, um, off center fed dipole, um, uh, 49 to one, uh, 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 God, I'm losing it here. In fed, uh, half wave. Half wave. Yeah, and uh, yeah, quite a few of his antennas, and they're 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 quality built. He really he really does a lot, a good job. Lightweight, small. He he always sends them with the nice little bag that they come in, and um, they're great portable antennas. They really are. He's he's a great builder, and with the, they always work exactly as he says they will too. He's like no tuner needed. There's no tuner needed. You know what I mean? He's got them dialed in, and yeah, um, he, he's uh he's a great builder. And he does it all. He's a one-man show, and, um, and he really built some great stuff. So I'm looking forward to getting him on. I've been on a live stream with him before. If you've ever seen, um, he gets with uh, Tracy Outdoors on the Air. Yeah. Uh, they do. Uh, they actually did a video when I was in called Ham Heroes, where they they go to the different YouTubers from the Ham Radio, and uh, and we I live streamed with him, and he's just a lot of fun too. He's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great show with him on here. We're gonna have a yeah, good time. look looking forward to that, and um, that actually happened while I was watching one of your live streams, Walt. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think I said, "Hey, hey Morton, uh, we yep. yeah." him on the show i remember that so <laughs> so, uh, so that's gonna be uh that's gonna be a lot of fun to uh to have him on and uh hopefully we'll get to follow up follow up uh during this season on the laura aprs uh and meshtastic things uh i know a couple of people in the discord has ordered uh those laura boards from uh, liligo so um that's gonna be a lot of fun as well looking forward to to getting that set up um, just to have something new and exciting and experimental to play with, and perhaps even getting it to work. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could send some messages between us, but that's maybe a, a bit too far. You and Bob, perhaps? 
Uh, on probably not on Simplex, but I mean, Meshtastic is is uh, a mesh network, though. So uh, if you have enough users in between, that should be a way of doing it. I know Scout seventy five uh, Shane, he's doing a little bit of a series on Meshtastic at the moment, uh, testing out range and such. So um, yeah. uh, we'll we'll see what we can do with Laura and in, uh, in the next season um, and. Uh, we also have a Discord, uh, hamshow.eu uh, slash Discord. So um, please join there. And I guess that's it for now, uh, almost exactly at the hour mark. So we are doing better. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Um, next week, um, LB8 India Juliet uh, talking about his ham journey. See you then. Until next time, guys. 7-3. 7-3. Bye. Have a good week. <laughs>